Well, we're rolling. We're rolling. And rolling, we're on episode 9. Rolling on the river. Hi, welcome to Preview Review. This is episode 9. Primary keeps on burning. I just found out we're rolling. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ryan Toon, and this is Preview Review. Yep, the movie trailer podcast where Ryan and I, Tyler Ellison, discuss our most favorite thing in the world. Movie trailers. Ryan, you know what I like about a movie trailer? That sometimes it features the song Proud Mary. That is one of the top ten reasons. Wow, welcome to WatchMojo.com. Top ten things that are best about movie trailers. Count them down, Tyler. The number nine reason I like movie trailers? I can watch them from the comfort of my own home on YouTube. Number eight. Number eight thing I like the most about movie trailers is that sometimes they're good. Number seven. The number seven reason I like movie trailers is that, um, <laughs> they... Number six. <laughs> number six. <laughs> anyway, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about Knives Out, Gemini Man, Black and Blue, and Jumanji, The Next Level. Now, some of you may be thinking, I've never heard of those movies before. That's Okay. Because we'll we've seen the trailers. Everything you need to know because we watched the trailer and we're going to tell you exactly what happens. Shot for shot. In the entire trailer. Yeah, not the entire movie. We yeah, don't we know that. we haven't seen the movie yet because they're not out yet. That's the genius of this podcast is we only talk about movies that haven't come out yet. I love that you called our podcast genius. It is. Yourself. It's like, hmm, I guess I'm pretty smart. Well, I mean... <laughs> If Apple can do it, then so can we, because we're finally on Apple Podcasts. We are, and we have to issue a formal apology to Tim Cook. Tim Cook, I'm so sorry we called you out on the last episode. We recorded it, and then the day after, you visited us and approved us to be on Apple Podcasts. He brought us a cake. And uh, so, embarrassingly, the episode where I called Tim Cook out for us not being on Apple Podcasts was released on Apple Podcasts. It was the first episode that was able to debut there first. So, Tim Cook, you have my apologies, but I still don't understand why you work for Apple when you should obviously be a chef. Chef Cook? Yes. Hmm. Maybe he thought about it and he's like, that's a little confusing. I should just go work for a tech business. But he's still working with food. He was destined. With Apple. Wow. <laughs> Oh, right. I guess I should review some movies I've seen recently. Oh, yes, Ryan. You've seen... Okay, I was out of town last week, and Ryan said, Perfect. My podcast co-host is gone. I get to go see all these movies that I want to see without him. So now Ryan has four movies that we've talked about that he's seen in theaters and made up his opinions on, and I have seen zero of them. So, Ryan, why don't you tell us your exclusive opinion on the four movies that you've seen. Well, I guess it's exclusive in the fact that it's my opinion. But also I feel like other people might have similar opinions. So I don't know how exclusive my opinion is. It's this, exclusive to the two of us in this room recording this podcast. That's right? true. Tyler doesn't have this information. It's all privy to me. Well, the first film I saw was Annabelle Comes Home. Mm, did she come home? She was home for most of the film. So I don't understand the title. She came home in, like, the first 20 minutes, but then the rest of the time, she's home. Unless, 
home means something else. It should have been called Annabelle Stays Home. Annabelle Stays Annabelle's In. Annabelle's Night In. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought this movie, watching the trailers, I thought it was going to be pretty good. But then thinking about it more, I was like, hmm, maybe it won't be good. But then I went in, and I was surprised to see it was pretty good. <laughs> this movie surprised me in the fact that, towards the beginning, it felt kind of slow. And I felt like, maybe this isn't really going anywhere. But then, they got me. It was really all just there to ease you into the film like a classic horror strategy. And then the end comes at you, and all the ghosts and spookies come out. And you go, hmm, that was pretty good. It's a very light, R-rated movie. So, if it's still in theaters anywhere you're around... And you're saying, hey, should I bring my 15-year-old or 16-year-old to this? I say go for it. Yeah, that's nice. The first R-rated movie I saw was Saw. And in hmm. it, a man cuts off his own limb. Hmm. So that was traumatizing. The first R-rated movie my parents took me to in the theater, my dad took me to see Prometheus. And it was not very hard R at all. It was like a sci-fi action film. From the alien horror franchise. Mm, that's a good one. But the next film I'm actually t- reviewing is Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. As our avid listeners know, this is the only Fast and Furious film I've seen to completion. And I was surprised that it wasn't as dumb or stupid as I thought it was going to be. It was dumb, but yes. But it was actually really fun. I realized maybe I've been too hard on this dumb action car franchise I'm sitting up on my ivory towers watching my Mission Impossibles, saying, hmm, the thinking man's art. And then I look down and spit on the likes of Hobbes and Vin Diesel's character's name and go... Dominic Toretto, even I know that. <laughs> and go, huh, that is plebeian peasant food. But then I went and I enjoyed the peasant food. And now everyone knows it's okay to have like... A Big Mac every once in a while, and that's what this movie was. Is this like how lobster and crab used to be a food that like only poor people ate because it was at the bottom of the ocean, but then rich people ate it and they were like, oh, this tastes good. Actually, this is expensive now. And now soon, Fast and Furious will be the only franchise that has presence at the Oscars. I don't think this is going to the Oscars The pendulum swing of our culture is occurring. Get on board! If Idris Elba doesn't get Best Supporting Actor for Hobbs and Shaw, I don't know what happened to America. But anyway, this is a good, fun time. Go ahead and watch some cool action scenes where um, they do impossible things with cars for a little bit. And yeah, it's a good time. The next film I saw was Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. This movie I was kind of interested in because, well, we talked about it on the podcast. But then I got... And I saw the trailer and I said, hmm, looks a little hokey. Maybe it's not that great. Then I saw the film and it starts out a little hokey, just like I was suspecting and worrying about. But as it went on longer and longer, I was more intrigued and I got more into it. And the character design was actually really good. And towards the end, they do some fun things with a haunted house. I'm like, wow, this is really innovative and exciting. So I think this movie all around averages out to be a pretty okay movie. I didn't like the way it ended, and I don't think it's a spoiler to say that it's a really gross setup for a sequel. And it just bugged me, and that's what I felt leaving the theater. Even more scary stories to tell in the dark. Well, I do recall... I told you there'd be a sequel, because there's there's a second There's a trilogy of books, There's three books. So maybe they're trying to make a trilogy of films. But the hard thing is that these books are anthology stories and don't really have a through plot line, so we'll see how they can do that. But... 
this movie is very starter horror. Like, it's PG-13, so go ahead and take your younger kids, like a 13 or a 14-year-old, to this film, and it could be their introduction into the larger world of horror. And I think this movie does a good job of being a gateway horror film, mm. much like Tyler's experience with Saw. And the last film I saw was Dora and the Lost City of Gold. I was too excited for this movie, than, like more excited than I should have been for this movie, seeing as it's based on a Nick Jr. show about a bilingual explorer child. <laughs> I'm pleased to say I enjoyed myself with it. I think I liked the first half of the movie better than the second half, because the first half of the movie leans more on the comedy and the fish-out-of-water things with Dora in the like city and doing her weird, naive Dora things, and everyone's like, ooh, that's kind of weird. And then the second half leans more on like the action-adventure side of it, where it's like kind of Indiana Jones for kids. But overall, I say it's a really fun time. Fun for all ages. And that was Ryan's review roundup. Please Thanks, hold Ryan. for applause. Did you clap? That's how Dora talks. Thanks so much, Ryan. What a wonderful review roundup. And I can't wait to go see all those movies by myself. So, as we mentioned earlier, we are discussing Jumanji. Welcome the next to the level. jungle. Oh, the next level. No. Jumanji 3. We can't talk about Welcome to the Jungle because it's already out. I said the genius of this podcast is we only talk about movies that haven't come out yet. So, we're talking about the Jumanji movie that hasn't come out yet. But, in reference to that, and supposedly, I guess, its predecessor, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, I have this opening question today, Ryan. Which 90s film or film franchise do you think deserves a 21st century update? New cast, but inspired by the events of the original 90s film, which movie needs to be brought into the modern era? Hmm. Well, when we wrote this question together, I wasn't thinking that a new cast would be involved. So my cast is the same cast. Well, that's not following the template of Jumanji. Not true, because they reference Robin Williams' character in Welcome to the Jungle. Okay, they can reference one character from the original movie. Well, I'm not following the rules, baby, because I don't think there's any way you can do this without... Mike Myers and Dana Carvey. It's Wayne's World 3, baby. Come into theaters near you. I think it's time. Wayne's World, brilliant movie. Wayne's World 2, underrated sequel. You get to see some aborigine ass. That's all I remember from Wayne's World 2. <laughs> Wayne's World 2 is fun, though. So, I think they've been out of like the limelight long enough. And I think Dana Carvey and Mike Myers still have it. So, I think we bring them back. And it's kind of like... You know how Anchorman was gone for a while and they brought him back for Anchorman 2, even bigger and better. We're doing the same thing with Wayne's World 3. He still has his cable access show. Maybe it's a YouTube show now. That would be a little weird. It could be cool about them as like washed up celebs. Like, but like they already were like not really celebrities. Exactly, but like just like they're dealing with like the new era of celebrity and like trying to be like social media influencers or something Mm -hmm. like that. That'd be funny. Maybe, I don't know. It could be fun. Yeah. That's my answer. I love that. Also, SNL is due for a good SNL-inspired movie. Yeah, when was the last one? McGruber? McGruber. That was like, not even in this decade. Still waiting on my Kristen Wiig Target Lady drama. She's moved past it, Tyler. Sad. Well, Ryan, following the original intent for the question, 
Well, we both wrote the question with different intent in mind, I believe. Okay, you said it was inspired by Jumanji, so I followed that template. It was inspired by Jumanji, but then I took it and ran with it. So, a 90s movie, excuse me, a 90s movie that I believe deserves a 21st century update is Home Alone. They're already doing it. What? They announced it. It's coming to Disney Plus. I'm so sad. (laughs) Okay, well, here's my You missed it while you were gone. Here's my vision for Home Alone. Macaulay Culkin plays one of the intruders. Oh, the wet bandits? But not as... What was his character's name? Kevin McAllister? McAllister. Not as Kevin McAllister. Fake fan alert. But as... I'm sorry, there's too many movies backscrattling around in my brain. I can't keep them all straight. He was Kevin in both Home Alone and Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. (laughs) You see this Lost in New York shit? How do you get Lost in New York? (laughs) Shout out John Mulaney. Um, Wow, this took all the wind out of my sails because I had an original idea and now... The Disney money monster has come to take my dollars for Disney Plus because I know that Home Alone needs a new 21st century update. Okay, is your film a theatrical release? Well, yeah, Are you at least sh- giving it, it that? Ought to be. I I am upset that they're relinquishing it to a streaming service and one that's not even out yet. But. Uh, here was my thought was people would say, well, in the 21st century parents, you know, they have better tabs on their kids. They wouldn't forget them at the airport. But to that, I say in the 90s, TSA security was a lot lighter. And now it'd be so much harder to get all your kids to TSA security. So it's really a commentary on post 9-11. So is your film just going to be about... Going through TSA security. Well, that would be the inciting incident. And Kevin doesn't make it through security or something? No, because um, he has a pipe bomb in his backpack. You're making little boy Kevin a terrorist? I took it and ran with it. But wait, then where is Macaulay Culkin? How is he going to break into the house if the boy's stuck at the airport? So Macaulay Culkin, like I said, he's the intruder, but he's not a thief. He's actually an FBI agent that's come... We're really turning the tables on this one. He's home alone in this movie because it's called Home Alone, but his home is the airport. <laughs> no, he's not home alone. He's sent home, and then he's even angered by the TSA outrage. Wait, he's sent home by himself? Because he had a pipe bomb. He takes an Uber home. Go home. And his family goes to Paris without him. No, they're not going to Paris this time. Where are they going? I don't know. Russia. Mm. So he's sent home, and then... He decides to cook even more pipe bombs, and then Macaulay <laughs> Culkin comes in as an FBI agent, and really, so like, we're rooting against Kevin McAllister. This is the anti-hero version of Home Alone, in which Kevin McAllister, domestic terrorist, is having to be taken down by the FBI, led by the heroic Macaulay Culkin. Wow. This is my vision. If Disney Plus doesn't meet it... I don't think the Disney Plus version is going to be anything like this. I think it's going to be a lot more like the first one. And they'll just explain away that they didn't use their cell phones to call each other because the kid was too young to have a cell phone or something like that. They didn't have service. Oh, yeah, because you have to put your phone on airplane mode. And then she realized when she got off the plane uh-huh. in China. Perfect. Other side of the world. You can't just walk there. Ooh, in China they don't have social media, so you also can't access his Instagram We've or We've done anything. it. This is the Disney Plus version. I don't I like know. Mine better. I don't know which one's better, but they're both Perfect. fine. All right, Ryan. Let's get into talking about 
our first trailer for today's episode. This is Knives Out, directed by Ryan Johnson, who did the impeccable Star Wars The Last Jedi, as well as Looper, The Brothers Bloom, and Brick. This movie comes out on November 27th and stars the likes of Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tony Collette, Michael Shannon, Lakeith Stanfield, Catherine Langsford, and Christopher Plummer. All-star cast. I'm so excited for this movie. What's it about? Well, I just wanted to get your initial reactions first. Oh. Well, that sounds like a great cast. It is a great cast and a great director. I agree. Perfect. This movie is about... Well, this movie seems like a modern take on like an old Agatha Christie-style murder mystery where the patriarch of a large family is murdered and the investigators have to come and interview the different conflicting members of the family and discover who committed the crime. This movie feels like a throwback to the old whodunits of the 70s for me. And the way it's playing off these comedy tropes, at least in the trailer, it makes it feel like a more whimsical take on it, such as like Clue the Movie or Murder by Death, which are both brilliant films of their time, especially for Murder by Death with a disco ball. But this movie looks like a lot of fun and then looks right up my alley, and it looks like something we don't really see in Hollywood nowadays. What's cool is the we just got recently last year, I think, the Murder on the Orient Express, like 2018 version, mm-hmm. and... Kenneth Branagh, and it was like good. It was a good adaptation of that story. But I like that now we're getting like basically the 21st century like version of that type of story where it's made more quirky and whimsical and fun. And uh, my thoughts when I saw that Ryan Johnson was doing this type of movie is thinking about how much Ryan Johnson did with The Last Jedi and paying homage to and respecting like a classic genre or franchise, but also taking it and moving it into its own direction and making it like something new and subverting some different expectations around the genre and i think that he'll do hopefully like a similar thing with knives out where either the way the story unfolds or the result is not going to be what's expected based on like the classic tropes of this type of story it's going to be something new and different because that's just what ryan johnson does interesting when i saw this trailer and it says from ryan johnson director of the last jedi i thought wow he's really trying to get away from star wars because he does not like the toxic fan base that was that spewed out of the last jedi so he's going to do something completely different that star wars fanboys you know probably won't care about people that are tweeting like remake the last jedi aren't going to go out and see knives out and that's okay because they don't deserve it yeah well and i totally agree i don't think the people that are going to complain about him doing something different with star wars are going to complain about there's no 80 year old keyboard warrior saying This is a total disrespect to Agatha Christie's original types of stories. These are the stories that are up for total reinvention and updating because the people that care about the classic stories like either don't really care or like want to see them adapted and updated into modern times, which I think is kind of neat. Recently, I was a part of a murder mystery party and it got me more excited for Knives Out as I played my character and learned more about the other people in the room's character. I was like, wow, this must be how Jamie Lee Curtis feels in (laughs) Knives Out. Or how Lakeith Stanfield, who seems to be playing the detective on the case, feels. Yeah, Daniel Craig is the lead detective and Lakeith Stanfield is the uh, other cop or assistant. And it definitely feels like a murder mystery type of thing where it's like, well, we're going to seal all the doors because everyone in this room is a suspect. Totally. And it's like, and we have until... 
this Dom time to figure, figure it, out. it out. It's like, why? That's so <laughs> arbitrary. You have as much time as you want. But the killer's amongst them. That's the suspense. Mm-hmm. It's true. And one of the things I love about what I've seen from Knives Out and other movies like this is that it does a really good job of balancing what the audience knows versus what the characters know. And, like, it's not a movie where you go into it and you see the, you know, see the thing happen and you know the end result and then the rest of the movies you're watching the other characters figure it out. The audience tends to, like, be learning along with the characters and learning more about each of the characters, which is one of the most fun things about the movie is you're kind of also playing detective and figuring things out along the way as you watch it. So I'm really excited to see this movie. Exactly. Okay, Tyler, based on the trailer alone, who do you think did it? Who killed Christopher Plummer? I think it was Catherine Langsford. Hmm, interesting. I first thought, hmm, Michael Shannon, but that was the obvious red herring. He always plays the villain. Catherine Langsford could slide under the thing, but maybe she's too not obvious. You have to go for the person you most middle suspect, <laughs> which would be Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay, Jamie Lee Curtis is also obviously a red herring, but whatever. She's the I person I most medium suspect. Not on this list. Ooh, a non-star? I mean, it could be Daniel Craig. What a twist. And Lakeith Stanfield has to find out that it's his boss, the detective he's working with, that committed the crime. This makes no sense. It could. This is ridiculous. It could. I sweep your nonsense under the rug, sir. Okay, just wait till the movie comes out and Daniel Craig is the killer. Well, Knives Out looks fantastic. I'm excited. Ryan Johnson, you've done it again. Has he? We haven't seen the movie. The trailer's great. Ryan Johnson's trailer editor, you've done it again. So our next film. You ready to talk about this one? Oh, I'm so ready. This one is... Gemini Man. It's released on October 11th, directed by Ang Lee, who did Brokeback Mountain, Life of Pi, lots of other movies, and it stars Will Smith, playing against Will Smith, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Clive Owen, and Benedict Wong. Now, if you think your record just skipped when I said Will Smith starring against Will Smith, it didn't because you're not listening to this on vinyl or CD or cassette, streaming. streaming only. Maybe one day when we have a huge audience, we'll be able to press these on vinyl. Podcast on vinyl. But not today. Gemini Man is the story of old man Will Smith, who's like an assassin, like government assassin, right? Um, And someone's sent after him, and they're trying to kill him. So he's like, oh. And he turns around, and he finds out it's a younger version of him. What? I know. Crazy. And it's not played by Jaden. No, he's playing himself as a young boy. So he has to figure out why this clone of him, basically, is coming after him. He's working with Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Benedict Wong to figure out. And he figures out Clive Owen, his old mentor, has taken his DNA and created a younger version of himself. And then raised that younger version up in order to kill the older version of himself. It sounds a little confusing when I say it out loud, but it makes sense in my head and in the trailer. So basically, Will Smith is trying to convince the younger version of himself to turn on Clive Owen, all while doing crazy motorcycle stunts and shooting grenades. Yep. Tyler, this movie looks ridiculous and incredibly amazing. It does look ridiculous and not amazing. I don't know. I'm kind of... I don't really think this movie looks that exciting. I respect Will Smith as an actor, 
but these are the type of roles that I'm just like, okay, I guess you can make this movie if you want to. I have liked some of Ang Lee's movies, and so I'm hoping that it's not trash, but also there are other directors that have made movies that I've liked, and they've also made trash. So I think this movie could be Ang Lee's trash. I feel like Ang Lee's already made his trash. But what I like about Ang Lee is that he kind of does whatever he wants. Like, you look at his filmography and you go, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, I can see that guy in 20 years making a Will Smith cop clone assassin movie. No. Yeah. I think it just looks like Ang Lee knows what he wants to do. And he's going to do what he wants with Will Smith. And I think it looks like fun action and an interesting plot. Like, the tagline is like, who can save you from yourself? And it's like... Well, he's the younger, better version of you. Like, how are you going to beat that? Like, you have to talk him out of it, but can you? Is he too ingrained in the brainwashing of Clive Owen? Like, what's going to happen here? Yeah, I mean, it could be interesting. I just, I don't know. It looks like a a movie that's more focused on, like, style than substance. Hmm. And it's just going to be focusing on, like, hey, look, we made this cool young version of Will Smith, and they can fight each other in the same room. And do all these cool motorcycle stunts and stuff, and less on like this cool, like maybe more intriguing philosophical narrative and theme of like the mm. moral implications of the cloning and stuff like that. I could see how you think. I don't that. know if it'll balance those two things well. That's interesting because when you said that, I thought, hmm, that could be true, but then maybe this is also just the way that they're trying to sell tickets. They're like, look, cool young Will Smith, cool motorcycle action. But underneath the surface is really all that intellectual stuff you just said. Yeah, you possible. never know. It, it's hard because the actors have done both of these types of things, you know? Like, Will Smith has done just wild, weird action movies, and he's also done, like, very heavy thematic roles. Clive Owen is in Children of Men, which is one of the most impactful movies I've seen in my life. And I would be super, like, I'd be super excited if he signed on for this movie because... It also tackles some like really heavy elements like that. But also maybe he just needs a paycheck because he hasn't made a movie in a while. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I'm optimistic and Tyler is skeptical. And that's where we've landed on Gemini Man. But I do like that they use Jaden Smith's song, Icon Living, in the trailer. I didn't know that that was part of it. Wow. Layers on layers. They wouldn't let him play the younger version of his dad, but they will use his song in the trailer. Well, Tyler... Seeing as you're so excited for Gemini Man, I've gone and made a, a filmography quiz. So as I said, Ang Lee's filmography is pretty crazy. He kind of just does whatever he wants. Because of this, I was inspired to create the Ang Lee filmography quiz, which Tyler is very excited to play. Aren't you, Tyler? I'm very excited. Yes. Yes, he is. And he's going to do it well. There's a gun to my head. <laughs> so it's going to be six questions. Multiple choice. If you can get five questions right, you'll win a prize. Are you ready? Ooh, I'm ready. All right. Question number one. Which Ang Lee film was shot with the extra high frame rate of 120 frames per second? Is it A, Gemini Man, B, Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, C, The Life of Pi, or D, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? I think I remember the articles about this and how people that saw this were like, it's too real. It hurts my eyes to watch this movie. So I believe it's B, Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. 
The answer is Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. And while researching this quiz, I found out the answer is also A, Gemini Man. Oh no. But I think Gemini Man is more suited to this than a movie about a war veteran walking in halftime shows. The next question. Which Ang Lee directed film was the first film that he directed to win an Oscar? Is it A, Brokeback Mountain, B, The Life of Pi, C, Sense and Sensibility, or D, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? I think it's Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Incorrect, sir. Sense and Sensibility was the first film that he directed to win an Oscar. It won for screenplay. So he didn't win the Oscar, but the film did. Is it his first movie that he made? It's the first movie he made, like Hollywood movie. He made three like Taiwanese films before. Okay. So, and he was nominated for Best Foreign Picture for those films, okay, but he didn't win. Okay. Question three. Which comic book hero was the subject of one of Lee's films? A. Superman. B. Daredevil. C. The Punisher. Or D. The Hulk. Oh, did he do a Hulk movie or did he do a Daredevil movie with the... I think he did Daredevil. The answer is D, Hulk. Ah, oh, so, so sorry, that was two wrong answers, which means it's no yeah, longer possible for you to win a prize, yeah. which is good because I didn't know what I was going to give you. Question four. Which real life event was the subject of Lee's 2009 film? I'm not going to tell you the title of the film because it gives it away. Is it A, the 1974 Olympics, B, the space race, C, Woodstock, or D, the Korean War. Did he do that Woodstock movie? That's my guess. The answer is Woodstock. He did do a Woodstock movie in 2009. The one with, uh, what's his face? I know nothing about this film. I don't even remember the, the title. With, uh, I saw this movie in theaters. You did? Wow. I was not expecting okay, that. I gotta look it up. Hold on. I think it's called Taking Woodstock. Taking Woodstock, yeah. With Dimitri Martin. The long, tall, skinny boy with the whooshy hair? Yeah, he does the fun, like, comedy bits. Mm -hmm. He had interesting... He was in an Ang Lee film? Wow. I didn't know Ang Lee directed it. I just <laughs> know, I went and saw it because it was around the time that I really liked Important Things with Dimitri Martin on Comedy Central. Mm -hmm. So I went and saw it in theaters. Was it good? I don't really remember, but... It was ten years ago. You don't have to remember. Alright. Question five. How many of Lee's score, or films has Danny Elfman scored? One, two, three, or four. Let's go with three. Wrong. It's two. Darn. It's funny because on the Wikipedia page for Ang Lee, it has a section for frequent collaborators. And Danny Elfman is listed as one of them, but he's only collaborated with him twice. Which Wikipedia says is enough times to be a frequent <laughs> collaborator. Alright. And this might be my favorite question of the quiz. Which company did Lee direct a short for their internet-branded marketing campaign. And now here are some hints before I give you the multiple choice. This franchise started in 2001, and its most recent release was in 2016, in season 3 of this internet show. Notable people who have worked on this franchise are Guy Ritchie, Alejandro G. Inuritu, Neil Blomkamp, David Fincher, Forrest Whitaker, Mickey Rourke, Madonna, Don Cheadle, Gary Oldman, Danny Trejo, Marilyn Manson and Dakota Fanning. And I had never heard of it before I made this quiz. So which internet branded marketing campaign did Lee throw his name into the hat with? Is it 
A. Jack in the Box. B. Verizon. C. BMW. Or D. Coca-Cola. I'm not sure I understand the question. Okay, so basically, starting in 2001, this company decided to make internet shorts that all have like a narrative like and each, like a new director will come in and do like a 20 minute short and that'll be like one so episode all those have been involved in one of them? yes okay and then the options again yes jack in the box verizon bmw or coca-cola i hope it's jack in the box the correct answer is bmw sounds lame the only thing that connects them well like the main character is the same i think in all of them but he's always driving a bmw they could have made the car the main character. They could have, but they didn't. Sad. In many ways, he is the main character. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen any of them. Me neither. Well, thanks for playing, Tyler, even though you didn't win. That was fun. I'm glad you had it a good fun. time. I love Wikipedia, and all those factoids came from it. Wow. Love it. All right, Ryan. Shall we discuss... Our third trailer for this episode. Yes. Alright. The next movie we're talking about is Black and Blue. Black and Blue comes out on October 25th and is directed by Dion Taylor, who did Traffic, and also The Intruder, which also came out this year. Well, Busy Man. Yeah. Or one of them got made and then delayed for a while, which I think might be likely. Which one do you think got delayed? This one. Black cool. and Blue. Now, if you're saying <laughs> Black and Blue... What's that? I've never heard of that. You wouldn't be the only one, because I also didn't know that this trailer existed before Ryan came over to my apartment to record this podcast today. But here we are. It's because Tyler hasn't it. been to the movies, and while he was gone, I saw four films, so I saw this trailer. This movie stars Naomi Harris, Tyrese Gibson, Mike Coulter, Reed Scott, and Frank Grillo. The plotline of this movie appears to be a young woman, a young black woman, is a cop in... She's like a rookie. Yeah, she's like a rookie cop. I didn't really pick up on what city they're in. Me neither. But in some town, in some neighborhood that's predominantly a black community. And so she's dealing with like this conflict of being a cop. And the people are saying, like, you're not black, you're blue now. Like, you're a cop. It doesn't matter that you have like ties to this community. And she's struggling with like the community seeing her as a threat or as an intruder in their community. Just because of her occupation as a police officer. And then the whole thing gets turned on its head because she discovers that the other cops she's working with, some of them are white. And they're the ones that are the criminals. They are involved in organized crime. And she says, oh no, I have to tell on them. But then they shoot her and leave her for dead. She survives and runs away and has to find help in this community that has decided that she's an outcast, an unwanted, not to be trusted, and she's on the streets, and she has only 12 hours to get the body cam footage yeah. of the incident back to headquarters. The trailer was very specific that she only had 12 hours, but like, does body cam footage just erase after 12 hours no, if they... you don't put it in the <laughs> system? Like, That seems like a bad idea. Like, what's the 12 hours all about? I don't know. That's So that's my gripe with the trailer, is the movie, I think, as a commentary on, like, black females being involved in the police force and, like, having to work with all the conflict around serving black communities, I think that sounds super interesting to me. But then the trailer made it super clinical about, like, 
this like race against time to get the body cam footage back to the people that need to know about it and it just seemed very like i don't know Stru- yeah. too structured i would rather have it be like a broader narrative about like this type of person in this type of community like i understand wanting to like have a high-paced like action kind of film right but like also wanting to have like a nuanced like take on modern police and like the black community but maybe those two things don't mesh well but maybe they do i haven't seen the film but maybe they don't i haven't seen the film yeah I don't know. It is interesting where, like, it is subverting those expectations because, you know, she's running around the street and she sees some other cops and everybody would be like, oh, you're safe. But then she's like, oh. She, like, those are the bad they're, cops. They're bad cops, yeah. And so now the cops are even her enemy, which is, like, I know that's loaded when I say, like, she should see the cops and feel safe because that's a whole commentary on, like, those communities don't feel safe when they see police officers. And so she is now, even though she is a police officer, she's now, like, a member of that community that is having to fear for her life when she sees law enforcement. Mm-hmm. So it's a kind of an interesting, like, bring her back down out of this structure of power and back into the community yeah. which she has long been relegated from. And then she's running to houses and saying, like, help me, I've been shot. And they're like, you're a police officer, they'll help you with that. And she goes, no, they're the ones who shot me. And they say, well, we don't want any of that. And they turn her away. Yeah. So she can no longer go to, like, the black community or the blue community. So she's kind of like, on the outs as, like, someone who's both, but someone who's neither. Right, and then it looks like at some point in the trailer, her name is put out there into, like, the the world of crime that's within the The hitman's database. Yeah, and so now the police and the community are coming after her mm-hmm. because they each believe that she's a threat to them for a different reason. And for some reason, Tyrese Gibson is the only one who will help her. Good job, Tyrese. I bet it was like they used to like each other in middle school or something like that. Mm. And they've had different life paths since then, but now they're reconnecting in their times of trauma. Mm-hmm. Now, something interesting you said when you were describing the plot of this movie was you said like the white cops were the ones that shot her and sent her on this like crazy like run and race against the clock. But... When I watched the trailer, I saw it as, like, her mentor cop, this black older man, goes and he's, like, involved with the organized crime. Yes. And then the two white men say they're cops, but maybe they're not. And then they shoot her and she's on the run, but then they're still involved with the cops. But then later we see Frank Grillo, who's one of those men, wearing a Kevlar vest that says police, but maybe he just stole that. So is he a cop or isn't he? I don't know what to trust. Oh, I thought the movie was just telling us they were police officers, but if you're going to go, like, deep with it, then I guess anybody could be lying about anything. Well, in fact, I think Naomi Harris is lying about being a cop in this movie. I don't. I think she's really just a Hollywood actress. Well, I mean, that's how I read the trailer. I mean, I wasn't sure if I should trust those guys, because we just saw them kill someone in the trailer, and then they turn the gun on her, and they say, don't worry, we're cops, and then they shoot her. And it's like, maybe they're cops. Maybe they're just saying that to appease the rookie who doesn't know better. But Ryan, if they weren't cops, then how would they know that they would have to erase the body cam footage in 12 hours? You're right. The 12-hour clock is ticking. Naomi, run. Get past all the hitmen and all the police. Use your buddy Tyrese and get that footage out there. Put it on YouTube. What up, YouTube, YouTube? I just got shot, and here's the guys who did it. Shout out to my homie Tyrese. I love it. Anyways, my, my overall opinion is that it looks exciting and fun, but I guess similar to Gemini Man, I'm just craving like a deeper philosophical like thematic narrative, and it looks like it's just giving me very like clinical 
archetype of a fast-paced action story. And even though it may not be as deep as like some may want it to be, I believe that it still could be a good film, a fun action film like A Race Against the Clock with like little hints at deeper nuance that maybe could spark like a bigger conversation which could be good and lead to like a better film that actually can discuss those themes better. Totally. Like Queen and Slim. Uh, we, we're not talking about that on this episode. Don't, oh, don't tease. Hopefully Queen and Slim's good or else I we just so. tease something. <laughs> so that's Black and Blue. Next. Also a very creative title I have to say. I mean, I thought it was a pretty good title. All right. You know, it tells with the themes, but also it's like she's getting beat up, so she's black and blue. Wow. Exactly. It works Those on multiple levels. So creative. But you know what works on even another level? What? Jumanji the next level. Ooh, nice segue. All right. Welcome to Jumanji wow, the next level. Welcome to the fourth consecutive preview episode where Ryan imitates the air horn into the mic. It's my thing, yo. <laughs> it just works with every situation, Tyler. Okay, sure. So the next film we're talking about is Jumanji The Next Level, which comes out on December 13th, and it's directed by Jake Kasdan, who did the last Jumanji movie, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, and he also did some comedies such as Bad Teacher and Walk Hard. This stars returners Dwayne Johnson, Jack Black, Karen Gillan, Kevin Hart, and, and Nick Jonas, and newcomers, Danny DeVito, Danny Glover, and Aquafina. So the premise of this film looks like it's the same kids from the first film. But one of them is like, ugh, my life sucks. And it was so much better when I was The Rock. So he's setting, messing up with the game. And he goes back into the Jumanji video game. But then his friends come over and they're like, where'd he go? And his grandpa, played by Danny DeVito, is just hanging out with his best buddy, Danny Glover. And they're like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, we have to go find our friend. And they all go back into Jumanji. But the twist this time is, Spencer isn't Dwayne Johnson. His grandpa is. And Danny DeVito is trapped inside Dwayne Johnson's body. And Danny Glover is trapped inside Kevin Hart's body. And the and Fridge, as you all know from the first or from Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, who was Kevin Hart, who's this big football player, Fridge, went into the tiny body of Kevin Hart, which led to comic genius, is now trapped in Jack Black's body. More comic hijinks ensue. The only one who gets their own body back is Karen Gillan. Strong, muscular dude. In the first movie, oh no, now short. Second movie, oh no, now fat. I know. It's brilliant. But anyway, they're on this hunt in Jumanji, and things are, like, amped up. It's the next level. The challenges are harder because they're with older people that don't really understand video games that much. Plus, the world has just gotten tougher and rougher, and they don't know where Spencer is. And then there's a quick shot of Aquafina because she's also in this movie. Who is she? I don't know her. She wasn't in the first movie, and she doesn't have any dialogue in the trailer, so I don't know what her character will be at all. Mystery. I have some theories. But first, before we get into my speculation, Tyler, what did you think of this trailer? As someone who hasn't seen Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. I thought the trailer looked exciting. Um, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle looked okay, and then you told me it was really good. So I'm like, no, I'm optimistic about the sequel. I think, aside from the comedy just being, seeming to be kind of surface level, you know, campy type stuff. I do think that I respect all the comedic actors that are in this. I think Jack Black is hilarious. 
Dwayne Johnson has done some really good stuff. Danny DeVito, Danny Glover, I think, just add an extra element to it. I refuse to mention Kevin Hart. Well, something I noticed about this trailer is Kevin Hart does a good Danny Glover. And Dwayne Johnson does a good Danny DeVito. That's true. Like, Danny DeVito and Danny Glover probably aren't in this movie that much. But Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart are just pretending to be them. Yeah. I kind of love that, actually. Like, I think it looks funny, and I think they both, like, can pull it off pretty well. Yeah. I totally see that, too. And Kevin Hart was actually pretty good in the first movie. Like, usually I don't like movies that Kevin Hart stars in, but he did something in Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle that made me excited to see him again in Jumanji The Next Level. Was it that he didn't use his height as the punchline of his jokes? No, they still did that. Dang. Because remember, tall football player, now short boy. Tall but... boy, now short, mean funny. Exactly. Okay, but here's some speculation for you, Tyler. Alright, I'm ready. As we know from the first film, Nick Jonas is also an avatar that you can be in this movie. Mm-hmm. But no one was able to be him in the first one because the original boy who played this game in the first Williams? time. Not Robin Williams. He's the original, original boy. Just the original boy. <laughs> Who played this game back in the 90s or something. It was Nick Jonas for all those years. But now I think Spencer is inside Nick Jonas. Mm. And I think as the four or the three other people went into the bodies of the characters. We didn't know what happened to Bethany. The blonde girl. I think she's inside Aquafina, Which could be pretty good. Aquafina is a very comedic actress. And I'm just kind of also worried about this blonde social media girl. Inside of a Asian woman, is she going to be racist? Hopefully not. No, but I think Aquafina will take it as an opportunity to make fun of that, you know, exactly. white blonde social media influencer generation. Hopefully that's what happens. Otherwise, Aquafina is just in this movie and I don't know what she's doing. But we also don't know where Bethany went, so this is the only way I can connect the two. Mm-hmm. I also was really impressed in the trailer of, like, the sets and the scenery and stuff like that. Like, it looks really cool. Like, the big icy mountains and stuff like that, like... They do a really good job. It looks very immersive. It looks really cool. Yeah, that's something that carries over from Welcome to the Jungle, where it's like you are plopped into this jungle setting, and it feels like you're kind of in an Uncharted game, which is like what Jumanji's going for. And now this is bringing it even more. It looks kind of like maybe more like a Tomb Raider game where she's climbing on the icy mountains, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, it looks really neat. So I think it looks really fun. And that could, like, comedy couldn't sue, action comedy couldn't sue. The cast looks great. It was the last movie was great. They brought back the same director. I'm into it. Points all around. And this time Sony's gotten even more bold. Last time Jumanji came out, it opened against The Last Jedi. This one says, since Welcome to the Jungle did so well, we're gonna open around the same time as The Rise of Skywalker. Not even flinching. They're coming for the giant. And you know what they say. When you aim at the king, you best not miss. Oh my god. So I feel like they're very confident in the next level. Wow. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Awesome. Well, Ryan, we've come to the end of the episode. Oh. Well, not the end, oh, okay, end but okay. like just we've, we're done talking about the movies that we had planned. We. That's true. But I think we need, we need to play one more game. Yeah. Alright, so... Here's a game that's not connected to any of the things we talked about. Oh, so that's why that's it's at the segue. end. It's not related to anything, so we can't tie it in well. You're saying it's not Jake Kazdan filmography trivia? No, unfortunately it's not. 
So here's what I did, Ryan. What did you do? I went and I looked at the YouTube videos for several upcoming movies that are coming out later this year in 2019. Oh, this ties back into when you said your favorite thing about trailers was that you could watch them on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Okay, Number 10 on Watch Mojo's yes, list. True. Okay. So these are all movies that are coming out later this year. But I scrolled down, Ryan. I didn't actually watch the trailer. Oh, the related videos. No, further. Um, not the description. Oh. Not the related videos. Oh, no. The comments! You didn't. Bum, bum, bum. Yes, I delved deep into the hideous world of YouTube comments to find some of the weirdest, craziest, hottest takes that are present down below. So, Ryan, here's what I'll do. I'm going to read to you word for word a YouTube comment found on the YouTube video of a trailer for a movie that's coming out later this year. All you got to do, Ryan, is tell me what movie this comment was posted under. It sounds really fun, but it also sounds like it could become really toxic and disgusting really fast. I think... But I, I trust not, you. I, I trust that you vetted these well. I super gnarly, like, toxic ones. I try to just pick, like, funny... Perfect. Let's keep ones. it lighthearted. We're a family podcast. Yeah. All right. Here we go, Ryan. Comment number one. Are you ready? There are six of these. Whoa. If you get five right, you will win a prize. I'm going to do it. Comment number one. Just got engaged a few days ago, and my <laughs> mom sent me this. WTF. This is on Ready or Not. It is Ready or Not. Well done. Comment number two. These McDonald's commercials are getting out of hand. Donald. Hmm. This is for It Chapter 2. That's correct. Well the done. The clown. Comment number three. This is basically Home Alone, but rated R. Hmm. Good Boys? No, this is Rambo Last Blood. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, wait, it kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Ryan, you can't get any of the next three questions wrong. I've used up my lifeline. Comment number four. Slow music. Slow movements, slow voices, most likely long runtime, instant depression for all that go and watch it. The Goldfinch? That's correct. Yeah. I also thought it could work for Terminator Dark Fate. <laughs> no, that's action. Yeah, but I'm going on to. Oh, <laughs> all right. Comment number five. Why didn't he just use the time stone and get some electricity from the future? The Current War. That's correct. I really like that comment. That's a good one. That movie is about the invention of electricity starring multiple people that have been in the Marvel movies, so that's why it's funny. Yep. We haven't talked about it on the podcast, so I'm filling the listeners in. Oh, true, true, true. Okay, good, good call. All right. Comment number six. <gasps> no hard feelings, but it would make a lot more sense to make this movie in May or June. Oh no, this could be about any film that's not coming out in May or June. I thought I had it, but then he had this ace up his sleeve. But why would it make sense for a movie to come out in May or June? Because it's an action blockbuster. Oh, you're... okay, sure. That's when action blockbusters come out. And is this Gemini Man? It is Gemini Man, but not because it's an action blockbuster, but because it has Gemini. I understand. It's not Leo the Man. Sign. Yes. <laughs> well, wait. You understand. I get it. But I am a Leo Man. You're a Leo Man? I'm a Leo Man. Mm. So I've, I've done it. I've gotten five. You've gotten five right. What's my that, prize? You will win a prize. 
the prize is that any YouTube comment you ever post, I will go like from now for forever. Every comment? Every comment you ever post. Does that include all the comments I've already posted? No, from now on. Oh, so no retroactive. No. Wow. I'm going to have to like. So have at least one like on every comment. Wow. Even if it's like some really out there hot takes, like this movie should have come out in May or June. Yes, even those. Wow. You're welcome. Everything I ever wanted. Internet points. They give me validation. But you know what else gives me validation? What else? When people like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Ooh, rate yes. and review and tell Follow their friends. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Preview Review. And listen to us on all our social, or like all our platforms so it looks like we have more listeners. So listen oh, on SoundCloud. Yes. Listen on Spotify. Stitcher. Listen on Stitcher. Listen on Google. Listen on Apple. Come sit outside my apartment and listen to us record live. Yes, we're also on something else that I don't really know what it is, but Apple just like, like they take from Apple. So we're on some other podcast app. Mm. Listen on that one too. I think it's Orange. Mm. The Orange podcast app. If you're listening on it, you know what it is. Citrusy. It's not SoundCloud. <laughs> but that's it. We've been preview review. Hang on, Ryan. You always forget. Oh no! Now it's a bit. I have to forget every time. Ryan has short-term memory loss. It's been a while. You were gone, Tyler. Ryan, what was your favorite trailer that we talked about on today's episode? Um, I'm going to say my favorite trailer of this week's episode was for Knives Out. I think the ensemble cast and the throwback to the comedy whodunits get me really excited and amped for this movie. And so is it the movie that you're most excited to see? Yes. After a long debate, it is. Wow. It's a, it's a rare one that gets the double points for me. I think I'm also throwing both my votes behind Knives Out. Oh. The trailer is super fun. I think it, the trailer does a great job of showing like what type of story this movie is going to be and how it's going to pay homage to these classic types of genres and also showcases the cast. And for those reasons, it makes me very excited to see the movie. And so I am most excited to see and also a fan of the trailer the most of Knives Out. Yes. Jumanji almost got there, but I'm sorry, the new original idea and the throwback to the whodunits of the 70s, I'm I'm all in. So, Ryan Johnson, you did it. You've gotten the rare, elusive, unanimous vote. You are the golden winner. And really, isn't it worth all that toxic pushback for The Last Jedi just so you could receive this outstanding award? Yes. Most coveted. You don't see Ang Lee getting this award. No other Star Wars director has received this award. That's true. You, like in comparison now, are the best Star Wars director because you're the only one that has this award. Breaking new ground. Yes. Well, this, this was, has been preview review. This was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, but it's time to go. Oh yeah, you gotta We're go to work. We're recording this episode in the morning and I have to go to work now. Okay. Bye, Ryan. Bye, Tyler. Have fun at work. Ha. Little does he know this is now my podcast. While he was gone, he told me that I could come over and use the mic to record. But guess what? His girlfriend was here, so I couldn't. We couldn't have a podcast with just me and his girlfriend on Preview Review. That's the secret podcast that no one knows about.
only the Ryan and Veronica podcast where we talk about whatever we want. Time to plug this other podcast. It's only for our Patreon members. Quick, go to patreon.com slash Ryan and Veronica's secret podcast and subscribe. It's going to be a lot of fun. Don't tell Tyler I told you this. Okay, bye. Quick, play the outro music.